0: Hi, my name is Christine, and I'm your host for the a Podcast. Ding! Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to today's episode. Um, hello, if you're new. Hello, if you're an old listener. Um, regardless, I hope you're having a wonderful day, whatever day it is you're listening to this episode. Um, a quick personal update. Um, let's see, what has changed or what is new since I last hopped on here? Um, nothing new. Uh, we are approaching the end of the year and things are getting busy. Uh, I'm looking forward to the holiday season as everybody is probably at this point. Um, but more so, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the end of 2020 and I'm praying that no tragedies happen between now and 2021. And uh, I'm slightly optimistic about 2021 itself, but I don't want to speak too soon here. Anyway, um, I'm doing okay, guys, and I hope you guys are doing well as well. Um, On today's episode, this is episode 12 of season 2, which is crazy to think about. On today's episode, I invited Abby Garcia. Um, They are the host of the podcast called Thoughts on That. And our mutual connection and mutual friend is Jessica. Jessica was on the podcast, um, our podcast, the Bitonal podcast. So if you guys want to tune into that episode, you can. Jessica and I talked a little bit about her experience moving to South Korea and teaching English there and just basically she's traveled everywhere at this point so that's how Abby and Jessica met so Abby and Jessica met um, in South Korea when they were teaching English together so and I guess uh, eventually Abby and I uh, I think was it Abby listened to the podcast, and then uh, we connected through the podcast world on Instagram, and then uh, we're like, yo, we have some things in common, let's just kind of chit-chat and hash it out. So um, Abby, um, they grew up as as a Filipino first generation in the middle of Jacksonville, Florida. I think Anybody who grew up with Asian parents or just like strict parents in general, um, you know, we I, th- I think we kind of grew up a certain way. So we talked a little bit about that. And we also talked a little bit about, you know, um the process of them coming out because they identify as being non-binary. So Abby and I spoke a little bit about coming out and being like basically not straight and also a little bit about just, you know, what our relationship is like now with our parents, now that we have come out, things like that. And uh, overall, it was a very candid uh, conversation for a Tuesday night at 11 a.m. for Abby on their side of the world. And then towards the end, I asked Abby a little bit about um, being non-binary and how that has changed their relationship with their parents and overall I think I learned a few things and resonated with a few things that Abby said so hopefully you're listening to this and you do as well and uh, so with that said without further ado here's episode 12 with Abby Garcia hello Abby hello how are you today I'm pretty good being hydrated so that's always nice yeah, you're you're saying before I uh, we started the podcast that you, you took a shot of caffeine and now you're <laughs> a little jittery, right?
1: Right. Probably not the best decision, but I think it'll it'll phase out through the through the podcast. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Abby's actually in another time zone. So mm. Abby, what time is it where you are?
1: It is eleven oh three on the dot in Korea.
0: Yeah, and we're in Toronto here, so it's like nine PM, so that's why Abby's taking a shot of caffeine every day. Yeah. She's just not nine. some person taking shots at nine, 9 PM, p.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Right? <laughs> going up on a Tuesday, as they say. <laughs> as the kids say. <laughs> um, um, first of all, Abby, like before anything at all, of course, I'd like to thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Um, our let's just reminisce here. So our mutual friend is Miss Jessica. Woo! Right? Uh, Jessica, yeah. if you're listening to this, thank you for introducing us too. Um, just for reference, Abby, do you want to talk a little bit about how you and Jess met? Because I think some of, some of my podcast listeners actually know Jess from previous episodes. So do you want to give a little spiel there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I know Jess from South Korea. So I live in South Korea now and I met Jess at orientation, Epic Orientation, which is an English teaching program. And from there, we lived in different cities, but from time to time, we'd meet up because, you know, we had mutual friends. And yeah, and Jess introduced me to your podcast, Christine, because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, apparently uh, we shared similar characteristics. And Mm -hmm. I really like your podcast so far. And from there, that's just how we grew. So, yeah.
0: That is very sweet. Um, (laughs) Sweet for you to say and also nice of Jess to refer and recommend the podcast. Right, yeah. She's a... I think you know this about her. She's like the one of the most like happy-go-lucky people I've ever met. Yeah, in life. <laughs>
1: always. Like we went ice skating one time. It was yeah. like frigid, and she was like, "Oh, Canada!" And, and then I was like, "I Canada. don't like." Yeah. <laughs> and just to, like even though I kept falling, she was just like there to li- like physically and mm-hmm. like emotionally lift you up, mm-hmm. and it was a good time. So
0: no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's she's like one of those like everyone. Everyone needs a Jessica in their life, you know. Yeah, for yeah. sure and uh, so yeah so we got to we got in touch and then we're like hey let's just think about some podcast ideas yeah and like just right off the bat everybody abby also has a podcast i can get abby to talk about more towards the end but Mm. all right so the topic for today um the mutual thing that we have in common is that we're both asian and we're both technically first-generation children of Asian parents from a different country. So um, I grew up in the Toronto area, so suburbia of Mississauga. And Abby, you mentioned you are from Florida, was it?
1: Yeah, so I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, and Yeah, Yeah. it's really, I know you mentioned before, right? Like Toronto is like quite diverse. And Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, asian specifically filipino in jacksonville mm-hmm. i definitely saw that yeah i was different because just like primarily white which mm-hmm. it changed throughout the years but growing up it's something i noticed
0: yeah and um so you were born in florida correct yeah i was born in florida born in florida you you grew up so you went to elementary school high school in right florida so right. I think, yeah, I think like what, what we're going to do for the episode is we're just going to compare and contrast. So yeah. I can ask you about your upbringing and I can tell you a little bit about mine. And I think there'll be some overlap and maybe some differences. Cool. Um, as a backdrop everyone abby you are filipino are you 100% filipino
1: 100% pinoy Pinet, or Pinex, or X you know oh uh, yeah, yeah both of my family both of my parents migrated from the philippines and moved to the u.s so
0: yeah. 100% and, and how do you know what year they came to the u.s
1: um so i think it was my dad came in the 80s and he mm-hmm. was about like 20 something like mid-20s and my mom maybe in the 90s, so I right. think she came in the 90s, and then they both met in Jacksonville, Florida, and then,
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah, right after they got married, and then had me recently, or yeah. not recently, but right after that.
0: <laughs> recently after that, what are you, two years you're old? Right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Surprise, no. I'm a two-year-old on the bus. <laughs> yeah. And, well, we have a video on, it. I can tell you're not a two-year-old, so there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, like, kind of similar story, like, My dad came to Canada in like the late 80s and he did school here. And then he like, um, um, the difference is my parents met in Vietnam. So they, they worked at the same like factory or something. Uh, where they did import exports of, like, food and goods. Um, and then, you know, my dad was like, ooh, who's that pretty thing? And then, like, started <laughs> flirting with her. And then, boom, they met. And then my dad kind of left and then uh, finished school here and then went back, married my mom, brought her back to Canada. And, like, I was created here in cool. uh, in Ontario, Canada. Um, so, yeah, and... In terms of your siblings like are you an only child or siblings
1: no i have two younger sisters i say that mm-hmm. with with a lot of you know happiness it sounded like i hated
0: that no but i
1: have two <laughs> younger siblings that i love dearly we yeah. have our times but no
0: they're they're great yeah and are you how young are they compared to you
1: so yeah they're at a really pivotal age my sister she actually just turned nineteen, Sagittarius, mm-hmm. and yeah. my other sister. I know, right? yeah, it's just yeah. fire, fire season. Uh, and the other one's also Sagittarius. Yeah, uh, she is gonna turn twenty-one this this uh, winter. So
0: very pivotal ages,
1: right? Right, yeah. especially now. Yeah, you yeah. know this this year. So
0: yeah, nineteen and twenty-one. Like, do you remember how yeah. you were like when you're that age? Like, were you like? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> definitely nineteen. I was very, I was still
1: angsty, you know. I was still coming to that angsty teen, like high school phase. I think after I graduated high school, I was very like rebellious, right? Because I was entering college, and um, you know, I was very closed in and in high school, and I wanted to experience a lot, so yeah.
0: angsty and you know,
1: very out there.
0: Pretty, pretty typical. End of the day, that's 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 quite typical to be like right, that, right. And like basically between like any age like after 16 I feel like right. everyone's kind of angsty and like rebellious. Yeah. were you um, like that too yeah yeah I, I would say so like uh growing up and you know elementary school middle school I was very much like okay I'll do whatever my parents say and yeah like high school came around you know you you meet different people you have different interests and you join different clubs and you meet more people and then all of a sudden like you see like how other people kind of not live their life but how Mm -hmm. like your friends parents treat them or like how relaxed they are and like right and then all of a sudden you're like i want to be cool and like that as well why are my right. parents not chill like that oh and then then it's all it all starts right
1: right yeah especially the not chill part like i remember in high school not getting to like sleep over at a friend's house unless mm-hmm. they were asian actually yeah. and if yeah. they knew them and everything because my parents were like hella strict and mm-hmm. uh you know very they didn't really know anyone and they wanted to make sure that i'm their first child so they mm-hmm. were like really hovering over me like essentially they're they're helicopter
0: yeah. parents and everything so yeah and very similarly too and like i i, I think you said it very well there like Um, like they didn't know a lot of people. And kind of same with my parents. Like when they came here, like they had friends, but they're all like Vietnamese friends or like friends. And then like they kind of mostly hung among like my dad's family, right? So they didn't really have like any outsider friends. So my my parents' rationale was always like, Oh, if you go to a sleepover, you're gonna get kidnapped. I'm oh my like, God. I'm like, you, you drop me up and you know where their address is. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's an excuse or like a irrational irrational fear that they had, but. Right. Um, oh my God. Kidnap. That's intense. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know what the f- kidnapping rate is in Florida, but around here it's. You know, it's Actually
1: it's pretty high. So I think if my parents used that on me, I would probably believe them. Because you yeah, know yeah. you know, I don't know. Florida has a reputation to be like a wacky place and yeah. just all sorts of strange things happen so i wouldn't be surprised
0: yeah just generally you guys down south are just kind of sketchy and way. yep down no south. offense at all you, you gotta move up here i think that's, that's i th- i need step. to
1: that's what i want to but i don't know as an as american citizen we'll see yeah
0: <laughs> and yeah like so I, how about that so how would you okay so You came here, your parents came here, gave birth to you, you and then two sisters. So how were you like, like as a child? Like, do you have any like distinct like childhood memories that you want to share?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, It's funny. Like I, cause I grew up in a private school in elementary and then I think, I think being sheltered for a long time really uh, impacted my development, especially when it came to middle school and high school because- uh, private school I was really sheltered I didn't even mm-hmm. know what Harry Potter was and then <gasps> came to public school it was so different and I yeah. f- like the shift was almost scary or because I, I felt like an outsider essentially because I didn't mm-hmm. know how to dress because in elementary school private school I just had to wear uniforms the entire time oh. yeah and so like I remember in middle school people were like. were <laughs> I got teased a lot for like, you know, yeah, for like not knowing how to dress and everything because I would just like use the same stuff. And then I think that kind of contributed to like my angst a little bit Mm -hmm. and like just Mm -hmm. being angry and like, why did I have to go to private school and all this stuff? And I sort of shifted that blame towards my parents, which Mm -hmm. I know it seems irrational now. But, you know, back then, I think being Asian and then I think being The only Asian for a long time Mm -hmm. and then not knowing how to dress really Mm -hmm. contributed to like my angst and then like feeling alienated for a lot of the the time in school. And then so I found um, my group is eventually in drama club. Because, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, Drama Club, yeah. I think, stereotypically is known for people who are like different or like, yeah. like, stereotype is outsiders, which is not, you know, Drama Club is like hello, cool. Like, yeah, all these lit. people in Drama Club, it's so lit. Yeah, yeah it's like and, so creative. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, and exactly, right? And- yeah. Um, Yeah, I I would agree. Looking back at, like, my, like, even, like, middle school or, like, high school, like, drama, just, or universally, I feel like drama club and drama class is, like, Mm -hmm. all the eccentric shafted people of the community.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And, like, who, like, uses their talent and look at them now, Mm -hmm. like, they're just, like, glowing up, so.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or doing drugs, but that's just my high school, I
1: think. (laughs) Yeah, or doing
0: drugs, but, like, doing it with, like, fashion yeah yeah or like or they do like psychedelics or like you know right. I don't know but then for the purpose of their art I don't know it's that culture you know it's for the culture <laughs> yeah um, yeah okay so I I would kind of say I identify kind of the same mm-hmm. like I think um I, I wasn't like part of like the the cool kids um even though I grew up in a very multi- multicultural area and my school is very multicultural but I I think I was just like a really like funny looking and I was Asian I was kind of small and I had like ridiculous hair like my hair is like you think asian people have really straight hair and yeah. smooth and silky but my my hair is like not like that it's hard to see because like i have in a bun right now uh-huh and podcast people can't even see me <laughs> so um but regardless yeah and like i i, I was, I was probably banned. a band like I, I played the clarinet cool yeah you you look so surprised but like nobody thinks the clarinet is cool really um, it's like a
1: jazzy cool instrument i low-key i low-key I, I played it as well so maybe that's shit. why okay yeah yeah. see there you
0: go that's why you're like okay i vibe with that but i mean yeah, yeah. But, but someone who doesn't know what a clarinet clarinet is and what reed instruments are they can't appreciate it right so right. i was in band and like you know i was trying to be a nerd at the same time i was trying to be like extracurricularly involved <laughs> so i just like didn't have a lot of time to like do mm-hmm. whatever the kids did at that age mm-hmm. and um and then yeah so i i, I don't think I, I hung up with like the jazz that's oh, you said jazz and the drama. I'm just thinking of like a jazz club in high school. Well, the, we actually legit had a jazz club. We we had a yeah. jazz like band or whatever. Nice. Um, that I was not part of. Anyway, I mean, like I, I was not part of the drama, the right. drama club, but I was definitely part of like the band geeks and mm. that kind of per- that, was, that was like that persevered throughout high school as well. I think for mm. the most part. Um, yeah, and like, do you remember? Do you remember, like, like, uh, you said, What uh, remind me again, what age did you say you started rebelling at again? Like you said, nine.
1: So I'm trying to remember, I would say sophomore year, actually, which is, yeah. I would say, 16. Because yeah. I remember watching a TV show called Skins. It's a UK TV show. Mm. And from there, I just got a lot of influence and then, like, hung out mm-hmm. with more drama kids who had, like, you know, rebellious tendencies. Mm-hmm. And from 16 to... Honestly, and up until college, maybe yeah. even a little now, <laughs> where I've been like rebelling like
0: constantly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, like, how was like your high school experience?
1: It was. It was interesting. It was really tough because um, I was in a program called IB, International Baccalaureate, oh, and we so- have that
0: here too. Really, that's yeah. why it's
1: international. Wow, that just clicked. <laughs> yeah. What a what a surprise! Yeah, I'm sorry, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so IB was very rigorous program and I think yeah even though I was like in drama club I did a lot of the extracurriculars as well and then focus a lot of my attention towards you know getting into a good college mm-hmm. because um I was in IB we all only thing we could do is like focus on studies mm-hmm. but yeah I think all of that really tired me out and I think just it kind of pushed my angst and aggression more because I didn't choose to be an IB. My parents wanted me to be IB. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, you know, all of these things were because I needed to essentially prove myself to my parents. And mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't even, what was the original question? I just went on a tangent. But. Uh, no,
0: no. I-, I was just asking like, like, what was like the pivotal point where you're, pivotal like, point. you started going up? Yeah, but you said like, basically like 16, right?
1: Yeah, 16. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, did your parents also make you, like, do, like, a lot of extracurriculars outside of school?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, like, a lot of volunteering, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, like, you know, even, like, church stuff. So, my family is quite religious. So, Mm -hmm. they, we had to, like, um, participate and volunteer with a lot of church things as well. Yeah. But I, you know, I didn't really want to be religious at the time. But, you know, I had to follow mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of, of pressure to do that. And even when I was in drama club, they didn't really... my Like, my mom, specifically, she's the more um, helicopter-y one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... She would rather have me in different extracurricular activities because mm-hmm. I think drama club didn't really suit within like the doctor or nurse pathway that was set yeah. for me. It, yeah, it, it
0: didn't really set you up to be like in like a sciencey thing. Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but that was yeah. like my my kind of my escape was like my my, my drama
0: club. So yeah. Yeah, cuz my, my parents made me do like swimming lessons, which is good mm-hmm. cuz I know how to swim. I won't die in the waters now. Looking back a lot of <laughs> things, I'm like, shit, kind of worked out really well. Yeah, right. And like um I, I don't know if your parents made you take a language thing, but like um my parents made me go to Vietnamese school. Again, in retrospect, okay, probably a good idea cuz I can speak my own language now, which is nice. nice. Yeah. Um and then piano was very stereotypical. Oh, I think a- anyone who is an Asian student, yes. uh yeah, Asian person, sorry. Listening to this can be like, yeah, I took piano. Piano somehow, yeah. yeah. I feel
1: that I also took piano and I, I kinda feel bad about it. Like I kept taking piano, I kept dropping out, but then I kept mm-hmm. taking it again. Yeah. And you know, like part of me is like I wish I just stayed with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I kinda do am thankful for my parents a little bit for that for pushing me to play piano because yeah, you know, I can hold a few notes. So yeah.
0: yeah, and like I find like um piano's also like the gateway drug or the gateway. <laughs> Uh, instruments, other <laughs> yeah. instruments. I feel like right. once you know how to play the piano, picking up guitar or like uh, I don't mm-hmm. know, the violin or something's a little bit easier. Um, okay, yeah. So I guess you were quite involved, and since since you're an IB, uh, that kind of speaks for itself. You're probably a big mm-hmm. nerd, probably more than me actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, and then I think you mentioned that you had a little bit of friction going into like you know the cusp of high school and college. Right. Like, do you want to tell the pod a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so there's definitely some friction, not just because of the academic pressure that I was going through, but also like my own identity. So as I, you know, I think that was Tumblr time. Like Tumblr was oh, at a peak. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Remember Tumblr? Yes. <laughs> yeah, bring it back, bring it back. Yes, uh, Tumblr. Oof, that was really what really mm-hmm. impacted, you know, uh, my friction as well. Like you know, also my escape. But I think that's where I found a lot of myself, in terms mm-hmm. of especially my sexuality and my queerness, because I think that's yeah. where I exposed, you know, I was exposed to different kinds of media. Yeah. And I think that sparked a lot of question in myself, because at the time, you know, I was religiously going to church, yeah. <laughs> religiously going to church. Yeah. And you know, my parents are quite um, religious as well, especially mm-hmm. coming from like a Filipino background. And so yeah. that was really tough at the time. And Although I was in drama club, the a lot of my friends were also kind of like goody two-shoes as well mm-hmm. and um, a lot more reserved and religious. And so mm-hmm. that was really hard for me to to navigate because I couldn't really find anyone to, you know, really find solace except a few of my friends in drama club. Right. And um, so that kept going. There's a lot of confusion there. Like I even started dating to like like, dating, like, boys in order to, like, figure stuff out. And I kind of mm. got – it kind of, like, confirmed some stuff for me. But mm-hmm. also, I – I think back at it now, maybe it wasn't the best decision because, you know, kind of, like, hurt some people. But
0: – Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but you got to learn from your
0: mistakes. Exactly. And yeah, learn yeah, yeah, from
1: mistakes. Yeah.
0: And then, like, collateral damage. Ugh, it's mm-hmm. young. They're in high school. They're fine.
1: Yeah. They're fine that's now. true. <laughs> We're all figuring stuff out, like, then <laughs> yeah. and now. So – Yeah. Yeah, and that friction just followed me up until college, and, you know, I think I didn't really, like, I guess stabilize or just, like, really sit with myself until, like, maybe the final few years of college, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's a journey and everything. It's still a journey, but, you know, that's something to realize
0: yeah and like on like while we're on the topic like, are you out to your parents like did you ever tell your parents yeah like, hello i am not <laughs> of the hetero compulsion yeah
1: yeah that actually if you want to if you want to listen to it a little bit I, um so i came out to them in college it was my mm-hmm. I, I vividly remember it was my sophomore year in college around mm-hmm. the the holidays around christmas time yeah. uh i was dating someone who's um not non-binary and mm-hmm. so uh, they I, I told them, you know, like, hey, I want to go to visit my my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. to, you know, celebrate the holidays. And they're like, they're like, what? And everything. <laughs> yeah, they're like, excuse me. Because, like, at th- the whole point, I was kind of building up to, like, I want to see my friend. I want to see my friend. But mm. they kept saying, no, no, no. And I'm like, and I got too emotional. I was like, you know what? I've got to tell you. She's not or they're not my friend. <laughs> and then oh. I'm in a relationship with them. And then yeah. they're like, excuse me. And, yeah, I, that didn't go well. Because, yeah. yeah, I think they were, um, you know, coming from a religious background and, mm-hmm. um. My mom specifically, I think she took the blow a lot because I vividly remember her saying, you know, I didn't come to America for you to have a harder life mm. because, you know, I think there's a big stereotype of, you know, being queer. It's going to your life is going to be harder, mm-hmm. which, you know, essentially because of the homophobia and a lot of the, you know, Stereotypes and violence against queer people that essentially can be true, but yeah. I think coming hearing that from my mom, I think really guilt tripped me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, that whole process was really difficult. We didn't mm-hmm. talk for like a year, wow. and yeah, so yeah. we still kind of it's kind of ignored now, actually, like we all know yeah. where I'm out, but we yeah. just it's just something we don't talk about, yeah, so
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: well, kudos to you, like I don't think that's whether. Because, like, you know, I, I have friends who like, did come out or didn't come out. But, like, a lot of times, like, regardless, the result, it is scary leading up to it. Right, then, right. Like, yeah, I feel like if you come out to someone who's, like, your friend, who's, like, you mm-hmm. would assume has the same cultural values as you, you're like, yeah, kind of whatever. But, like, when it, mm-hmm. it's, like, your parent, so, like, you're afraid about what they'll think as a parent. And you're worried right. about, like, what they know, what they don't know about being, um, you know, basically not hetero. Right. So yeah. it's, like... Like, what, what do you expect, right? And, like, I mean, a year... Going a year with... The, I, I don't know if you were close to your parents beforehand, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine, like, not talking to my parents for a whole year. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I think at that yeah. point, I really, like, tried to, like, become more independent. And then, you know... Because mm-hmm. I, I did depend financially on them. But then I, I realized, like, you know, I can't keep doing that if I'm going to have, a, like, a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad was better about it. But it was hard because my mom is, like, the matriarch of our mm-hmm. family. So you know having unless she was like on board yeah. it was a little hard to like communicate yeah but it got better
0: i yeah. i would say yeah. yeah it just takes time yeah and and like i would assume like uh if like, if i were to tell my parents about any, yeah, like anything like i know i know cuz my mom already knows mhm um and sh- and her her concerns were kind of the same and oh, like I see. my like when i when i came out to my mom it was like you, you would think it's, like, the the, sh- the world's going to fall apart and shit will hit the fan. Mm-hmm. But she kind of took it, like, a lot better than I thought. Like, oh, first that's of all, the, the, the primary emotion was, like, why don't you tell me sooner? The uh, secondary emotion was, like, um, uh, like, like, what what does that mean? Like, wh- how is your life going to look like? Interesting. So with regards to your mom, too, like, safety. Yeah. safety. Right, yeah, and safety then, and – go ahead, go sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. And like um, safety being one. And then also like, you know, what about kids? What about mm. whatever? And then the, the tertiary thing was like, okay, what are people going to think? And what are you going to yeah. say? How is this going to affect your life kind of thing? Right. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Like, especially what do you think, What how it's going to impact the family, essentially. Because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, having Filipino friends as their only friends, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then having that come out to the community. You know, Mm. I think that would impact the image as well. Mm. And I think, I don't know, Filipinos, (laughs) and, you know, my experience, you know, being a Filipino itself, I think there's a lot of obsession with um, image and, um, (sighs) yeah, yeah, your representation, yeah. Mm
0: i'm sure you can attest to that oh, as well no. vietnamese people are one of the most superficial people right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, dishonor What what is so-and-so gonna think even though right. so-and-so person's like means next to nothing to exactly. anybody and their opinion it's, is next to nothing right <laughs> um, and like yeah. you don't know
1: them so yeah it's hard because you know it's really up to what everyone else thinks but like I think at at that point you don't really put yourself or your family as a priority which Mm -hmm. it should be but
0: yeah yeah Yeah, because like with my mom kind of same thing like I I told my my final like my, my final thing was like Um, you're either on board or you're off the train you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like either like I'm telling you this because like I want you to know and be aware of where the hell I am when I go Mm -hmm. out and like you know who I'm I'm spending my time with Mm -hmm. but like end of the day like I I, you need to know that I don't really need you to be 110% okay with it to be a functional human being because regardless I'm going to move out soon and I'm going to be on my Mm -hmm. own quite soon so it's like um i'm kind of telling you it's more so as a courtesy thing like i don't need your approval. oh yeah yeah like yeah. that sounds really harsh but like what i mean is like i don't i don't expect her to like be 100 okay with it right overnight is what i was right. trying to say yeah,
1: yeah. it makes sense because i know with a lot of coming outs i think a lot of people have pressure to like have other people accept it which you know we can't force people to accept it especially if they're coming from different cultures Mm -hmm. and that's something that I had to grow up with or I had to understand because my mom you know she grew up in a like a very heteronormative world and in in the Philippines very religious area as well so like I can't expect her to accept me overnight just because like we live in America and like everything's new you know I think we have the privilege essentially to like process things and a little more differently because we're exposed to different you know stimulus and yeah. that we've been able to educate ourselves more yeah. but you know i the only thing i can do right is is hope that they uh, accept and then just take yeah. time as well right yeah. i can't force anyone and so that's yeah. something really big with coming out as well yeah and th- and that's yeah. very
0: that's quite evolved i think because and I, I think about that too like um mm because like when i was trying to explain things to my mom like i I realized like like we have so many templates and like you said stimuli it's like we have like media we have people we know we have well back in the day tumblr or like something (laughs) like that so you have like a narrative and you see characters within your life and in the you know the virtual world right and like you understand it in that sense but like like imagine like our parents like they never knew anyone who's like gay or something like that. So mm-hmm. how how would they know what that looks like, what it, what that sounds like, and what that feels like, right? Right. And same idea. Like sometimes I think, and this is a kind of more of a side tangent, but I think um, a lot of people in today in like in our community, I'm gonna mm-hmm. kind of put the finger on our community as in like the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes I think. Um, we're a little bit too quick to kind of be like, oh, that person just doesn't understand. They'll never understand. They're just homophobic. They're pieces piece right. of shit. Right. Um, but a lot of times, like, I kind of sympathize because coming from an Asian family, it's mm-hmm. like, like, no, I understand how ridiculous this all sounds or, like, how crazy right. it all sounds, how, I, you know, how it all doesn't make sense. And, like, if you add, like, a religious layer to it where it's, like, not morally right to be a certain right. way, then that's even mm-hmm. more difficult to overcome. So, yeah. And I think with my, uh, like, with my mom, like, at no point did I think, like, oh, my mom's, like, homophobic. It's just, mm-hmm. like, she, she just needs to understand a little bit more. Right. Right. And, yeah. Um, and now that, you know, she, she she's aware of, like, who I'm spending my time with, and, like, sometimes, like, my girlfriend will come over, and, like, she, like my dad doesn't know, but, like, because mm-hmm. um, he's a whole different, egg he's like a whole Uh, different battle oh yeah i'm Um, sure (laughs) he's like he's like on a need-to-know basis like i tell him things needed on a need-to-know basis yeah and like um yeah like like i see how she's like slowly understanding it Mm -hmm. she'll be like oh yeah how is how like you know how's your friend but in vietnamese like friend just means like it means like friend and also like uh, a non-platonic friend oh so um, anyway so she'll be like how's your friend doing so and like is she, she like inquires so that's how you know right. she's like taking it well or she's yeah that's interested good. right mm-hmm. interested to participate so um but yeah no yeah, yeah, that's I, awesome I'm sorry i don't know how i went on like a self-tangent there <laughs> No,
1: that's awesome to hear that your mom's like really taking it well and then inquiring. And I love how, like, in Vietnamese, like, uh, you said friend can be ambiguous. So it feels, yeah, it feels like she's taking the leap towards, like, fine.
0: Yeah, so, some, for your girlfriend, yeah. So, sometimes like it, it kind of seems like okay, does she not understand like because it means like friend? I'm like, okay, is she just like being is she using it in like a platonic way or like the mm. non platonic way, right? And like, does she acknowledge the fact that it's a romantic relationship <laughs> and not just a friend? Um, but that's a whole nother thing. I haven't really, mm. yeah, um anyway uh, enough about myself and uh, <laughs> just kind of just catching up everybody so you finished um you went to college and yeah. you did all that and then what happened after college like, what did you end up doing so i ended up moving to
1: south korea actually like Right up. Here we are four years later. I'm still here, (laughs) which actually it's been great because I think that's where I really embraced my queer sexuality. Like in college, I was out, but I wasn't really as involved in like the community and stuff. I was doing a lot of things for like school. And I think a lot of it was also pretty white as well, the queer community. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really see myself as much. And so in Korea, things have changed when I was able to meet more queer Asians, whether they're like Filipino or like Korean or any other Asian ethnicity. And I yeah. think that's when I was really able to embrace it and then feel like a part of the queer community because yeah. I was able to see myself and others, so.
0: Yeah, um, and yeah, so, so you, you said like in early, and like it, it, when even when you were still in college in Florida, it was mostly more like white queers?
1: Yeah, it's mostly, like, white queers or there's a lot of um, Latinos as well, like, Latinx queers as well. But in terms of, like, yeah, specifically Asians, there was a a big divide as well. But, I mean, not saying it wasn't diverse, but it wasn't as diverse, I would say, I guess, compared to, like, Toronto or something.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I guess, like, the the population there is already, like... Mostly, like, Latinx and and white, Mm -hmm. right? Right, right, right. Interesting. So you came to South Korea, and that that was different. Because I I think I have a very misrepresented view of South Korea. Because I Mm -hmm. think, I mean, like, I I know, like, like K-pop stars are pretty, like, not androgynous, but kind of, like, a a little bit um, ambiguous in that way in terms of how they dress and how they... They, I guess well how they dress mostly I think because a lot of K-pop mm-hmm. stars like even if they're like males they they wear like makeup and things like that and they they look they look a little bit more feminine presenting. Mm-hmm. So would you say like, what's like the what's the community what's the LGBTQ community like in South Korea like give, paint paint well, that picture?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely a little more conservative, maybe a lot more conservative mm-hmm. actually compared to the U.S. or any other countries there, mm-hmm. and I think it's because. um Socially speaking, I think Korea still has a lot more work to do in terms of like LGBTQ representation and rights, and and stuff like that. But there is a community. It's just very, I would say it's quite underground, because I know you have to like know someone to know someone to know someone in order to like kind of know what the new like queer places are, or uh, you know know what events or find a community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. Took time for me to find the queer community because I think I saw it that after, but I really d- dug for it. And now I'm like, I know a lot more folks in it. But it's definitely not as mainstream. I know like prides, there's a lot of protests still, like from churches, because I know Korea mm-hmm. has like a very like a religious um, background, a religious culture as well with like a lot of mm-hmm. with Christianity. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, backlash against yeah. the queer community. But um, it, it, it is growing for sure, because I think the more i uh i meet people the more i realize there's a lot more like korean queer resources korean like foreign resources in terms of like um queer education and and queer groups so That's it's underground but it's growing yeah
0: yeah i, I did not know that because when when you said earlier like oh you kind of found yourself in south mm-hmm. korea i thought you i thought i thought that meant like oh yeah like you had like a really strong like a queer community in south korea and i was like oh i, I always thought south korea was conservative so yeah. okay never mind it all makes sense now yeah
1: yeah it definitely took yeah. some time because i think i was really gunning towards like being more in tune with my queer identity and through that i wanted to find communities so like i mm-hmm. had to do some some searching and eventually i found them so yeah well, yeah, that's, good. that's great. That, that's mm. very
0: good. And I mean, and this is also the time that you're completely away from your family, too. So, exactly. And, do you think yeah. that kind of made it a little bit easier for you to kind of do whatever you wanted?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I think ever since college, I began to distance myself from them more. And I think Korea kind of just amplified that, that the distance as well, like physically mm-hmm. and emotionally. And because of that, I felt a lot more independent and free to do what i want without having to like report back to them yeah but in a sense i do feel kind of sad that it it is like that Mm -hmm. because although that i feel a lot more uh free independent and like very proud of who i am i still feel that lack of of connection with my family Mm -hmm. that you know a lot of people have you know and sadly i don't have so
0: yeah so like how would you describe your relationship with your parents now it's it's interesting
1: because like we're both I can see that we're both trying to work towards a better relationship ever mm-hmm. since COVID happens yeah because um, my mom is a she is a for, she's a healthcare worker so she works right. with COVID patients too yeah. so I've I think I really realized the reality of like of the situation like you know mortality and I think I've started to reach out to them more and try to talk to them and with my dad actually he's been very supportive he's a very sweet man throughout the whole process he's just very like you know not as um in control of I guess our family i say yeah. with, with compared to my mom but he's really great and I think it was I came back home last year to the U.S. and uh he told me it was just us at the beach and he mm-hmm. was like he was very like ambiguous like very like in terms of like um regarding my sexuality but he said he said like this he was like Hmm. oh you know whatever you do whoever you're with like we're so proud of you just remember that and yeah it was it was really casual and it's just like you know wanted to remind you especially like since they don't see me as often I think he wanted to take the chance to like show his support and I think yeah i asked him you know how about my mom like how does she feel about this this way too and he's like you know your mom is very like a very unemotional strict woman and then (laughs) yeah and i have to i have to accept that you know she's i don't think she like ever had the time to really tap into her emotional maturity you know because she was always working Mm -hmm. like in the philippines and in in america so Mm -hmm. i think just told me to be okay with that or like take give her time so yeah yeah we're slowly working on it but Mm -hmm. it's getting better so yeah
0: and uh well i'm very happy to hear that your dad in his own way an ambiguous way but not really ambiguous because you knew exactly what he meant probably exactly yeah (laughs) and uh i think between two parents like definitely having one Mm-hmm. there at least to like validate you is is like th- that's like the world of a difference I think exactly yeah because I remember like how much like uh nah, just anxiety and like just like I-, I felt like I was hiding like half of my old ugh, like five six of my life from my parents <laughs> before yeah. I told my mom so so that's good like one parent at least is like kind of fully on board it seems nice that's great and I'm not going to over speak for your mom but I'm sure in her own way like you said, I think she probably just has, she needs some time, first of all, and she just needs to kind of figure out how she wants to express her support. Exactly. Um, but I don't, I have no doubts that your mother loves you deeply.
1: Yeah, I think I have to remember that at the end of the day, like, yeah. our parents do love us, is that I think they just show it in different ways. And yeah. then we, rem- we have to remind ourselves of their styles as well, right? Yeah. So just because they don't show affection in a certain way, doesn't mean that they don't love us, so we just yeah. have to remember that. So
0: yeah, that's like in terms. My, my next question was kind of like, um, yeah, like where do you like? What's your like relationship now with your parents, and like where do you, where do you see it going? Mm. Like kind of same with my parents too. Like like my my mom was also like i think like our parents are like reversed like my mom is your mom is my dad and then (laughs) your dad is my mom right so my mom was always kind of like the more passive one because she kind of just like went with whatever my dad said in terms of like Mm -hmm. things like academia and like big decisions in the household um but like she was always like kind of there and she was always like hey like take it easy on her like you know blah 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 and with my dad like very authoritative mm-hmm. um really snappy and like poor anger management control mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until like later in life that you know um i, I realized like you know he he's also a human being first of mm-hmm. all and like given the circumstances of how he grew up it totally makes sense that he is the way that he is and his um well emotional development is right of a five-year-old but that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, ah, like he, I think he, it really it, he means well. I think at the end of the day, like it's not like it's not like he wants to like um, or your mom. Same thing. It's not like they want us to feel pain and hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just like how they express it and how we interpret it is kind of like more harsh. I think. Right. And um, yeah. And I try to think back with my dad too. It's like, um, looking back how whatever i really needed in life he was he always always like he, he's like his love language i guess is like ac- actionable items like mm. like acts of service that's like that's mm-hmm. his love language he'll never mm-hmm. say like i love you or like oh you did good job honey or like i'm mm-hmm. proud of you but like he he'll just kind of like it's like an unsaid thing and like now that i'm older like i'm comfortable with that i acknowledge mm-hmm. that like I, I don't really question like his unconditional love anymore right but, but like what what's kind of tragic I think and um, what I think I find difficult about parenting is like um, like I, I really wish I, I did get a little bit of that from him like mm. growing up because right. I feel like I really missed out on that like I, I don't think I needed him to be like overly like huggy or like smiley right. or like nice but yeah. like he was just like a little probably too far on the other side of it that I grew up mm. thinking like um you know this person doesn't you know appreciate or acknowledge right anything that i do and it's like this weird like um validation thing you're trying to see, approval you're trying to yeah seek for sure um but hey parenting's like a balance of everything because i feel like if you're also too like smiley and cuddly Mm -hmm. and honey Mm -hmm. you're the best thing ever they (laughs) They smother they they smother if you smother that's shit too because they're gonna they're gonna walk in the world and someone's gonna reject them and then they're gonna be like what the world is not rainbows so (laughs) it's tough
1: yeah exactly i i totally feel that because i think you know the lack of the physical affection really impacts you know your relationship with your family and I see so many other families who have like physical affection and Mm -hmm. it kind of makes you think like oh you know why don't I have that or like you know really like desire that and I'm curious if that's like also an Asian family thing too because like I think you know they're stereotypically known not to like be as physical affectionate or like physically Mm -hmm. uh, not physically emotionally vulnerable and I
0: think you know that's a common thing so yeah but yeah uh, and um it wasn't it wasn't until i went to therapy that i realized like things like physical contact as a mm-hmm. child and like um like kind of um i don't want to well, i'm trying to find the word like like when a parent soothes a child mm mm-hmm. And says like, hey kiddo, you're fine. Hey kiddo, you're fine. Yeah. Or like kind of like, or you know, you're fine. It's okay. Make a mistake. It's fine. Right. Things like that. Like I, I wish I wish I got that as well. Because mm. it is it is quite pivotal to how you like your your future relationships. Like right. your, your relationship with your dad or your mom will be will come back to you when you find love and when you raise sure. your own kids. So yeah, uh, either way. Yeah. And I think and I always look back and I I can kind of see it in you too. And a lot of my Asian friends, like, um, I think how we are raised also facilitates like independence Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, that's true. true. I'm not sure if you feel that.
1: (laughs) I think so. Because I think also... You know, uh, although our parents, you know, what they did, like, at least in my experience, is that, like, they told me to do these things, but I never really felt, like, a support in right. doing them. Like, I had to figure out how to do it myself because oh, they told yeah. me how to do it, right? Yeah. And so, a lot of times, we had to, you know, be independent, cook dinner for ourselves because, like, they're working. My Both mm-hmm. of my parents were, like, working all the time. And right. so, I think that really impacts our independence and just how we navigate through the world. Like, we kind of don't need anyone which is kind of like, you know, because we grew up with that, but it's also kind of sad because I think that also impacts trust and, you know, seeking help from other people, even though, you know, we want to like do it ourselves. But I think it's important to seek help. So
0: yeah. And I think uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's, it's good because like you're self-sufficient. Right. But also, it kind of breeds this characteristic of like, yeah, fine, I'll just do it. I'll just do everything by myself. I don't need anybody. Yes. I don't need help. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden like that can kind of be toxic later on in life. Yes. I think. Um, yeah, like I, I would agree. And I think like I'm appreciative of like um, all the shit that they put me through with regards right. to extracurriculars because that taught me how to time manage. That taught me mm-hmm. a little bit about work ethic and things like that. And, like, overall, just, like, not complaining. Like, I've, I've right. learned, like, I'm not, like, growing up, like, I never really complained about anything. Mm-hmm. Then I see a lot of my friends who probably had an easier childhood, and they just, like, complain all the time. I'm like, dude, just, like, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: you can do yeah. it. You can do it. Yeah. 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 I think we just need that push and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm really thankful as well for what my parents have done. But, like, looking, especially as an adult, I think I've been mm-hmm. able to take the time to reflect on how their they're raising me kind of did help me in some ways um and I think even though there's some things that have been missed I think hopefully as a more emotionally developed person I can be someone who can you know help them on their own journey as well because I just hopefully you know we can bridge the gap essentially so
0: and of course like I think I think being raised and people always say like, yeah, I'm I'm never gonna be like my parents. Mm, like I'm mm-hmm. never gonna yell at my kid. <laughs> um, like like this is kind of a more existential question, but like do you want kids eventually, Abby? I think I do. Especially okay. teaching
1: in Korea, like mm-hmm. elementary school students. Yeah, I think I'm on a I, I fluctuate between having kids or not because I think it also depends on my partner. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I really love, you know, the pure joy that like, kids get and like kids mm-hmm. laughter. I love making jokes, mm-hmm. and I think, I think about it and how you know, you know, although I I was raised in a little more pre- like a lot more with more pressure, I did have a lot of moments growing up as well, and I think I want to recreate those kind of moments with my own children. Like yeah. my dad, I played a lot of video games and like did a lot of sports with my dad, and I kind of yeah. want to like give that to a kid that's my own as well. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, if if you have kids, Mm. like how would you raise them differently than how you were raised? Oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Because I don't. I need to know a
1: balance, right? Because I want to be, I want to be as like as emotionally, um, nice and supportive as like my dad would have been. But then also I do kind of prize how my mom was strict. And like with not just like finances, but like the black and white. So I would love to see if I can get both characteristics in terms. Yeah. And then hopefully see how my partner is as well. And like see, because I don't want, I don't want to be one parent. Like I'm like the mushy gooey emotional. And then the the other parent, yeah, (laughs) yeah. the other parent just be like solid as a rock or like, you know, it's stone cold. I want like both of us to have both traits. Mm -hmm. So definitely more freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think definitely let them do whatever they want, but, like, mm-hmm. still provide them guidance. Because, you mm-hmm. know, I think there needs to be a fine line with, like, giving them so much freedom that, you know, they maybe make horrible choices
0: and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, how um, about you? Do you want kids? Um. So... So there was a point in my life where I'm like, yo, I'm not just straight up be a bachelorette and like, just like, fuck everybody. I don't <laughs> want that. those stupid kids. Right, right. And then, you know, eventually the story becomes like you meet somebody, you meet yep. someone, you're like, crap, like, you, you start seeing, you start seeing like the benefits right, of the first future. of all, partnership. Yeah. Yeah. The future. And then you start seeing like, all of a sudden, like my, you know, you're you, all of a sudden I'm having baby fever. I'm like, what the shit? Like, what is this? <laughs>
1: Like baby Peter Bear is so real. I thought it was like only like yeah. a straight person thing. No, anyone can have it. Yeah. yeah. And
0: then here I'm I'm like, oh shit, maybe it's just like my hormonal cycle. I don't really know. <laughs> like when you're <laughs> ovulating ovulating, are you just yeah. like just all of a sudden looking at baby pictures unconsciously? <laughs> so so I I as much as I thought strictly I did not want kids growing up, now that I am an older. And you know, and like I'm finishing 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 up school, mm-hmm. and I kind of had my fun, kind of doing doing like things on my own, I guess. Right, right. Um, now that I'm like, hmm, I mean, maybe a little little human to pass on my thing. Like, exactly. I, I always like my, my girlfriend always says like you're 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 so narcissistic. You just want to pass on like your traits. Like, I, I <laughs> and I, I think that's what it is. Like, I want to yeah. pass on my knowledge and my right i was i was gonna say good looks but that's like that you're yeah yo, you're good looking yeah keep it oh, going abby shit yeah <laughs> the glasses oh, look so good in you oh abby this, this is really the hype up you off, need. right yeah happy <laughs> this is the moment you need in life you know yeah someone to remind you you do have good looks to pass on to thank you um you also have great teeth i'll say that oh, thank you i just um and so hard. um <laughs> yeah like you you, you want to pass on your wealth you want to pass on your knowledge and you want to contribute to something greater than yourself it sounds really right. cheesy but it's totally true it's true um but like I also know like being in a non-hetero relationship it's also when you, t- when you think about kids it's a lot more complicated it's right. a financial investment it's an emotional mm-hmm. investment and it's like a social investment oh yeah right? and like in like subconsciously I still have this fear like oh my you know if I'm not in a straight relationship like what if like, what if my kid gets picked on. Or something like that. Because oh, that was kind yeah. of like this fear that I had growing up. Being like, oh, yeah. Like, what if I get made fun of if I, and people knew I wasn't straight or whatever? Yeah. Then I'm like, hey. Oh, or, like, or like, what if we go to like a parent interview or something? Mm-hmm. And then like the person doesn't really know how to deal with like two moms or something like right. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. And and like, yeah, I don't want my kids to be targeted. Uh, it's little things like that. So yeah, in that, that sense, sense, I worry. And then I'm like, hey, do, do I really want kids? But I know right. like... I don't I know like, at the end of the day I do want kids yeah I think yeah.
1: those are some of the challenges I think especially growing up but I think hopefully as time moves on that I think the society will be a lot but love a better and then hopefully these yeah. will be like smaller issues by the time kids yeah. come around so yeah.
0: and I think I think naturally it should be right yeah um and like in terms of how I would raise my kids differently mm-hmm. like I think. Um, First of all, being like not overly protective is one. Mm. It's like letting my kids go to sleepovers because kidnapping I don't think is a thing. Like (laughs) I don't think my kid's gonna go to Kelly's birthday party, sleepover, then get kidnapped, you know, Like, like what my parents thought. Um, So so sleepovers is going to be the difference. It's okay. Got the pass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Check. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, like showing like emotional like softness is another Mm -hmm. thing. Right. And and also, like you said, the guidance is good. Like not like not setting things up for them and like taking their hand, but like providing Mm -hmm. the guidance and letting them know that you have guidance if they ask. Right. Um, But the biggest thing, when I look back at my life, I always think like I wish my parents let me make more mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. Like I really wish my parents didn't raise me to be in a way like s- such like, a perfectionist cuz like I, I associate making a mistake with being yelled at or I associate making a mistake as being like a failure or a piece of shit yeah. of a human being cuz I forgot to do something or I screwed right. up something. And I think like that, that it this weird way makes you more avoidant and anxious in life. Mm-hmm. Right? um and uh, yeah i just that's what i would probably let my kid do like i'd be like yeah just go jump off go jump off that hill just do it break a leg (laughs) See what happens see what happens right (laughs) and then naturally in their own way they're gonna learn the consequences of jumping off a hill or like let's say they want to audition for like a talent show Mm -hmm. and you know they're a piece of shit at singing (laughs) but you're like just go up there bud like just do it and like they like go up there and you know you know with, within reason within, within reason. reason like i just
1: imagine like an episode just like some kid crying after and
0: like yeah. oh that's a good choice but you yeah. no. and yeah. then yeah okay go skateboard instead you know but then like th- that that teaches them confidence that teaches it them does. the ability of like you had this idea you had this dream and you had this thing you wanted to do you did it you fell flat in your face and you got booed off stage but at least you yeah. did it and exactly. like i think't I think a lot of people in our society or even like Even sometimes with me, like, we just don't do it because we're afraid to make a mistake or we're afraid to be laughed off stage. But if if that's what you want to do, man, just do it.
1: Right. It's a fear. And I think as kids, we need to, like, really learn how to sit with that. And, Mm -hmm. of course, like, I think, like you said, it really contributes to, like, the avoidant anxious style. And I think that goes with the parenting. So, no, that's great. That's really cool. So, hopefully... If you have kids, you know, they'll get to be on that stage. If they sing badly, you'll be there. Yeah, so
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I, I kind of sing myself too. So I already know I'm gonna you know, be right beside them, just cool. you know, you know, just like Yeah, boosting them, them up, piping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I'll just like shut off their microphone and sing through my microphone. <gasps> oh, and that's, just, I love that. Yeah, and they'll think they're singing or something, you know. I don't know. <laughs> See, when i think about kids in that way and like yeah. you said they, they just take everything is new everything mm-hmm. is exciting and you just see like the pure the pureness right. of joy mm-hmm. and emotions mm-hmm. you're like wow what is
1: that that's like so pure i know like remember i'm trying to remember the time but you know let them have yeah. it that's so great yeah.
0: hi welcome to the intermission segment of the Biotonal podcast this is where typically advertisements sponsor plugs are put in a podcast but currently we have zero sponsors so i'm just going to use this time to say thank you for tuning in guys and we would also really appreciate it if you leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast also follow us across all the socials at bitonal podcast if you have any ideas feedback comments advice, stories you want to share, drop us a line at bitonalpodcast at gmail.com. That's all I really have to say. Okay, back to the main segment. Yeah. Yeah yeah that's good uh, uh that was definitely the kids thing the first of all the queer thing and the kid thing that, that wasn't really <laughs> on our list it was but it was it was but, yeah. but i like i liked how that went exactly yeah and, it's all and related I, somehow so <laughs> it, it all comes together somehow mm-hmm. and i think end of the day like we're both asian people but I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah. really small of is what it is things. Yeah, and I guess one of my other questions, and I think this is also a learning, like a learning point for everybody mm-hmm. on the podcast. But Abby, you identify as being non-binary. Yes. Like, like, would you be comfortable? And this is kind of something I wanted to touch on too. Again, it's just like a learning opportunity for myself and everybody here. But, um, like how, like first of all, like what is being non-binary, and like, um, like and, and want do you want to tell your story in terms of how you kind of came to that realization how you came to terms with it or how you discovered it in a way
1: yeah so i actually just recently i started identifying as non-binary i would say like a few months ago within this year Mm -hmm. um and yeah so as a non-binary person i don't identify as a man or a woman because you know those are gender roles and i think uh I actually, when I cut my hair and then started becoming more comfortable with how I looked and how mm-hmm. I felt in my body, I think that's when I started to realize like that I'm not completely like a cisgendered woman.
0: Yeah,
1: and I started reading up more about it. And my partner is non-binary, and I think that mm-hmm. helped with my exposure and the understanding. Um, the community. And I've been mm-hmm. starting to follow, mo- follow more um, influencers and more non-binary people and seeing more non-binary people in media. And I think that really made me question, you know, my own uh, my own identity, because I had never really felt like a woman or what a, like meant to be a woman, especially with like stereotypes and gender roles. Mm-hmm. And I think With that making me reflect on it, I think that's when I started to come to terms with like, oh, I'm non-binary. I first started using she, they, and then Mm -hmm. I thought about it and like, I don't really like identify or like sit well with like what people call like ladies or like you, she, and then like, so what if I just started using they and then like gender neutral terms? And I felt like a lot more comfortable and like more free, essentially. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. feel like boxed in into a certain gender role when Mm -hmm. I started using those terms and everyone else did the same for me. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I went through. And it's still something I'm going through, right? Like I'm okay with some certain terms that are historically used for, for women, but, you know, that's something I'm still um, like understanding, you know, like mm-hmm. non-binary doesn't have to be as strict as just using super like the same certain pronouns, you know, they can change throughout time. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's just it's a journey. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. OK, OK. And yeah. uh, and I think that's kind of and I'm still kind of really learning about it, too. So like, you know, I think for people who don't know what the hell, all you know, mm. just Anything outside of the hetero world, right? Like you have like your sex, which is your biological sex. So, so there's only two options for that. You're either a man or a woman, or male or female. And then when it comes to gender, that's like how you, um, like how you choose to identify. Correct. So like how you how you feel and like Mm -hmm. and that this is I'm gonna butcher this so bad. Um, and in terms of gender, you can either be female. Male or like non-binary, I guess technically.
1: Yeah. So you can like even non. You don't even have to be like a woman or a man or like non-binary. There's a lot of other like categories within gender roles or gender
0: that you can mm-hmm.
1: float through because I yeah. think there's more than just like three genders yeah. historically. Yeah.
0: So and like yeah. So uh, right. So gender is like based on like the not the social and the cultural mm. aspect of it. So it's a kind of outside of the biology
1: right right it's outside the biology for sure mm -hmm,
0: mm because i think
1: gender is what was been socially or not gender but gender roles have been socially constructed right Mm -hmm. like just because you have this certain genitalia means like as male genitalia it means that you will serve the role as a man and you know the Mm -hmm. roles of a man include like masculine features or like Mm -hmm. hardworking or like very um -hmm. aggressive and then Mm -hmm. you know same goes to like for A female and a woman you know we follow these gender roles as as soon as we have this genitalia so right yeah Yeah. so there's a lot to learn to learn about it but you know i think there's more there's more resources coming up about it and more clarification
0: so yeah and then and then you have like in terms of attraction like that's like divided into like romantic attraction right which is like who do you want to like um, I guess hold hands with, right, mm, right, right. And right. then like, and then like, um, more like sexual attraction. Who's like, who do you want to do, like more do things, risky <laughs> things with, not just hold hands with, right, right, right. More scandalous things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the birds and the bees, and yeah, you know, the, when you know when um, when
1: Sims woohoo, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. There you go. So, so and and that that's different because like, yeah, exactly. like I know like I've met people who are. Let's say, like, they, they identify as being, like, asexual. So, they mm-hmm. just have no interest in sex at all. They have no right, interest right. in, like, uh, intercourse or anything like mm-hmm. that. And, um, but meanwhile, like, they, they they still find, like, value in the companionship and, mm-hmm. like, being romantically involved right. with, like, either a man or a woman. So. Right. And, and like, yeah, that that, I think that's really important to talk about because I think, like you said, that it's kind of more resources coming out and there's more like uh, representation now. But Mm -hmm. again, I think even though I'm part of the community, uh, I I find myself in moments where I'm like, I have no idea even how to describe it to a podcast. Mm, So, thank you very much for sharing that experience. And yeah, we're all learning.
1: So, (laughs) I'm learning too. Yeah, even if you mess up, that's okay. I think the fact that we're taking the time to learn about it and just like practice I think it really means a lot as well like I yeah. mess up all the times so I don't know how to explain it completely mm-hmm. sometimes and I just you know it takes time to understand it and yeah. for others to understand it as well so
0: yeah and like and like I think and more so there's like one thing to like understand it mm-hmm. but I also and like you know, I don't know I, I, I think it's important to also kind of respect what people want. Exactly. In terms of pronouns. Because yeah. I, I know there's cases where like, um, you know, you know that person's like non-binary, but because mm-hmm. they're like more like, like more like you, like looking on this camera in this immediate moment, mm-hmm. you're more female presenting to me mm-hmm. based yeah. on the stereotypes of what a woman looks like. Mm-hmm. So like I, it's, it's so easy to kind of make that mistake. But right. I also feel like there's also people in the world who like know a little bit better but yeah. choose to just kind of go with what they think. So exactly. it's kind of like me knowing you're non-binary, but then looking at you and just calling you she regardless. Right, right, right. And like that, I think that becomes like a, a learning point, but also right. to, I think like it's an ego thing. Like you, it have, is, to like, yeah. you have to look and be like, okay, hey, this person, I think they they specifically asked you to call them whatever mm-hmm. the pronouns they're comfortable with and they're okay yeah. with, but yet you do the opposite. Yeah, uh, just because what, you're self
1: righteous like or something. Exactly, yeah. you got something yeah. to check in with yourself. Yeah. So yeah,
0: and yeah. It's one, and I think like ignorant ignorance is one thing, but then mm-hmm. also like um, knowing something but not doing it, not considering it as an option is also right. not a good thing to do as well yeah it's just rude yeah it's <laughs> like, kind of rude cool. <laughs> kind of yeah. rude yeah but i totally like, understand yeah and like when it comes to like pronouns it's like it's just words it's just language like you exactly. don't have to fully understand it just, right this- just like, do what just do a human it human being yeah. and call right. the person what they want right, right. Like, can you imagine instead of calling you abby i just called you like uh like jill for no reason oh
1: god yeah it seems like the same thing as names right like yeah. that is so unsettling yeah. and just like just because another person is like i just call you jill because that but that's yeah. not your name you know that's
0: because i want to call things. you jill
1: exactly <laughs> like you're the only person <laughs>
0: I had a really, a really weird person I met named Abby. I'm not comfortable with it.
1: Nope. Yeah. Abby's no, trauma.
0: Again. Yeah. <laughs> Abby's trauma. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I feel that. I, I, I do have hope. I do have hope for the future that, you know, we're just going to live in a little bit more of an accepting society. Yeah. Like within, within reason, right? Like right. Progress. Within reason and progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, first of all, um, Yes. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Thank do you, you. want to do you want to like do you want to shout out anything else? Like do you want to talk sure. about anything else? So, well, first yeah. of all, I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you to shout out your podcast, but okay. before we do that, like do you have anything else like any touch points, any pieces of advice you want to give to the listeners as yeah. an Asian non-binary person? Yeah, I think
1: the best thing is to really be Patient with yourself, patient with others and have healthy like boundaries and communication with like your parents. And sometimes that takes being a little more objective, I think, in mm-hmm. my experience. So that you can't force anyone to like be where you want them to be, right? Mm-hmm. And that it does take time. So I think that's yeah. something I'd like for listeners yeah. to take away with and that we're all just yeah. keep we're just growing and just keep growing, right? Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, you took my point because my point was also to be patient. Oh, Um, yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good on the google doc clearly yeah i was just just like just took it that's fine no i I fully agree with you like being patient with your parents like whether whatever you disagree on with your Mm -hmm. parents but whether it's you disagree them with school or whatever it is like know the end of the day they're still your parent Mm -hmm. and they want the best for you and a lot of times they're just not trying to be rude or mean they're probably like like just ignorant about it so kind of taking the time to educate your parents and not just Mm -hmm. like shafting them and be like oh they're shitty people kind of giving them a chance is really important exactly yeah giving them um, a chance i think yeah so yeah and then sure. but also knowing that even though even though you've given them like a thousand chances there's also a point where you have the option to walk away
1: exactly it's, yeah there's a point yeah. boundaries with your own self right yeah. like you know you know where to stop mm-hmm. and like if yeah. it's chipping at you if it's mm-hmm. toxic then that's yeah. where you know where yeah. you need to get to yeah. stand and so. like, if
0: there's if there's something you really want to do in life um mm. mm, at some point not even a parent should be the person who tell you, tell you no, like you should be able to do whatever you want, essentially. Right. Right. Within exactly. reason, not like, you know, jumping off a bridge, is not ideal. Um, gosh I would, I would never so that went dark I don't know why I, I, apologize. I,
1: I, I, I chose no, no a bad example I chose a bad example
0: I, I just mean like if my if my kid was like mom I want to go just jump off a bridge I'm like no no yeah. well, that's like okay I want you Please to do don't. things but not do that yeah, yeah that's what I meant Ugh. unless oh, it's bungee jumping who knows yeah unless it's bungee jumping within uh, as safe yeah. Yeah. so okay. um uh yeah and of course Abby take this time to explain your podcast her podcast name yeah her podcast there oh see look what i did it's all good we're learning i was like i'm watching (laughs) i'm a piece of shit no no, you're not you're uh, learning um (laughs) um, abby abby's podcast is called thoughts on that and abby could you tell us a little bit more about that the podcast
1: yeah so with this podcast i like to also invite guests and like you know uh, dissect different topics like whether it be like productivity or just like self-worth and just mm-hmm. see how we feel about them as individuals and then see how you know it those topics navigate through society so mm-hmm. yeah it's called thoughts on that you can yeah. follow it on instagram uh, thoughts on that podcast we're on anchor spotify yeah. or wherever. so yeah, yeah. thanks
0: Yeah, and um, would you be okay if I included those handles on the podcast description? Oh, yeah, please do. That'd be great. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in finding a little bit more about Abby and the podcast, you can definitely look at the link below I, that's like youtube shit i mean like you know the podcast description <laughs> like or wherever you're like yeah <laughs> like comment subscribe exactly thumbs up um yeah uh, i will include abby's information there and uh, i just want to say personally thank you of course being on a podcast it's in a sense it's being vulnerable because mm. you're speaking to another human being and right I, I don't feel like you're a stranger to me anymore but like i'm still a stranger kind of <laughs> and um you know sharing your thoughts and talking about who you are and like your experiences so i think somebody listening to this will find value in it so thank you for being on the podcast
1: thank you christine yeah this is a beautiful conversation so yeah
0: yeah and thank you for being you
1: thanks just authenticity <laughs> yeah just, just
0: be yourself people okay right. just, life is too fucking short just do right. whatever you want
1: just yolo it as they say yeah. i mean i don't know if they use that anymore no, but I, it's okay. I, I,
0: I think that's oh. out. That's outdated. It is outdated. Do you outdated. have to go?
1: I think I have to go. Okay,
0: <laughs> that's that's a president calling. Okay, Abby, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. Okay.
1: All right. Bye, Christine. Yeah. We'll Thanks find so much. another time
0: to chat if anything. Indeed. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>